Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. So I thought you were dead. <laughs> I, shit went down. Can we just describe it as that? Yep. And I was on, and I'm making this all about me. I was on a day off. I've just got one. Hang on, before you continue, how do you drink your tea when you're wearing one of these microphones? It's very difficult. Okay, I'm going to have a go at it. Do though. it. I Keep also talking. thought about coughing. Yeah, and I was just like, how do I do this? <laughs> so I'm on a day off. Yes. And I get a text and all it says, and it's from a person, I'm not going to mention their name, but I was filthy about it afterwards and I haven't told them. And if they hear this, I don't give a shit. And it said, oh my God, Dee Dee. And that's all it said. Is Dee Dee dead? And my heart, (laughs) I felt like my whole body, you know that feeling where it's like whoosh, like from your head to your toe. To your fingertips? Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Of shock. Yeah, you had already had it. Yeah. Um, And I, it didn't say anything else. And I didn't know, I was standing there, I remember looking at my phone going like, oh my God, Dee Dee, what? Oh my God, Dee Dee. And I didn't write back to them, but then I Googled. I don't know why I Googled and then I worked it out. But for a split second, I thought you were dead. But just know that if you do die, I will Google. It doesn't surprise me. It was pretty fucked. Uh, just call me next time yeah, and check I if know, I'm dead or not. I know. I should have just called you. But I didn't know what, oh, my God, DD meant. And I, it terrified me. Should we exp- – yeah. well, just to explain, I am no longer known as DD. I'm now known as – the artist, formerly known <laughs> as radio host, um, not doing it anymore, not by choice. So that's the shit that went down, and that's as much as I'll say. Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to share to my. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm I know. Correct, but yeah, I thought you were dead. I'm glad you're not. I'm glad we're all here. Just out of interest, what came up on Google? Oh, it, w- <laughs> it was like everything you've done, and then there was an article about what had happened. Oh, okay. Gee, that was quick. Yes, it was mm. quick, and wow. I'm assuming that person had read that article. And then the reflex okay. was to text me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. There was a bit of that going on. <laughs> yes, I was. Yes. Yep. And probably with you too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. And okay. I was, I thought, I don't know Do if I did call you. Do we need to introduce who's here and who's like not in, because we hated oh, you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hang on. Are we, <laughs> what is are you truce? doing here? <laughs> I'm back. Because I couldn't stand the shit talk anymore. I was like, I have to show up. Otherwise, <laughs> this is out of control. We, can we say we're. Oh, I interrupted you. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this anymore. You you do. Um, Can we? Should we explain where we are? Yes. And who's sitting over there? Because we're not in your laundry. We're in. We're at Simon's house. Hello, Simon. Simon, have you got a mic? I have. I've got one over here. Oh, look, Simon's got an interjection mic. I love it. Excellent. I'm using Darren Hinch's old microphone. And Simon's batching it. He's he's the cool guy. He's yes. allowed the girls to come and, and uh, crash his batchy pad. It's so good. And, and snacks. And I have to just say what Simon laid out for us. I got he he's got a candle going. I on love the table. candle. Yeah. He's he's set a table up for us. There's a box of tissues which indicates he's a sensitive man who knows the high possibility <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> or one of us. Yes, all of us. All of us. There's a packet of sea salt and balsamic vinegar chips. I good love choice. That. 
sanitary the wipes. That's well, just so thoughtful, Simon. I, I just I, I never sort of know. I just like to be prepared. <laughs> Hand sanitizer. I love yeah. it. And the, the I've just brought some muffins and stuff. And we got our coffees, but that's it's beautifully laid Thank out. You. For us, Simon. Oh, Thank you, Simon, for letting us back because it's been a while. Can I tell you the candle is because I last night had two chicken Kievs for dinner <laughs> and some garlic bread, <laughs> and I thought I'm, I'm probably going to stink today. <laughs> Did you do them in the air fryer? Yes, I did. Oh, they yeah. anything crumbed chicken in the anything crumbed in the air fryer oh, is genius. God, we really are back, aren't we? We mentioned an air fryer. <laughs> yeah, well, not crumbed chicken. <laughs> like I'm expecting an update on your colon any moment. Oh, oh I knew it. Why did I bring it up? Yes. No, this. Why? <laughs> so the colon caused some low iron. And so I had to take iron tablets, but then because of the iron tablets, I was getting quite constipated. So I had to go have an iron infusion. Actually, this comes back to you. And so I went and had... (laughs) Yeah, you're involved in this. So then I went and had an iron infusion, right? And I I didn't know how I was going to be after it because they said you might feel shit. You might be like... Anyway. Did they actually use the word shit? Like, Because, you know, we're in that zone. My specialist is, as I've raved about him before, yep. there are people that listen to this pod that now go to my specialist. It's amazing. <laughs> yes, they do. And he's like, someone rang me. And I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. Um, and so I took dad with me to go and get the iron infusion, right? And you're sitting in these little pods it's at, a, at this hospital. And my dad has quite, his, even his low voice is normal talking voice. Because his normal talking voice is above average. He just, we're all sitting there. There's all these other people, like some people getting chemo, whatever kind of infusions you need. And he just goes... So what's Dee Dee doing? And I was like, shut up. I don't know who is in the pod next to us. Just shut up. Like, oh, I yes. don't know if there's a gossip column there. Like, who is getting in future? And he's like, what? I was asking about Dee Dee. And I was no, like, no, no, <laughs> don't. Stop it. So, yeah, and then in the car he was like, oh, you don't have to be so sensitive about it. I'm like, there are ears everywhere in this town. You do. Anyway, the colon is good. I had good, the iron infusion. Good. Highly recommend. That's great. Um, how's our banter going? Do we have more banter? Yeah. What else is happening? Do you need to tell me anything? Uh, there was a puppy running around my garden, but that's not on my list of banter. Do I need to tell you anything? There's a puppy. There was a puppy. A friend brought a puppy over. Oh, so normally, Jesus. so one of Kieran's tradie mates, uh, Marco, had and normally when they come, I just avoid them. And it was first thing in the morning, had a late night the night before, pyjamas, scruffy as all get out. Uh, if he brought one of his mates into the kitchen, oh. you normally under those circumstances, oh. I would crack it okay. later. Sure. Don't bring him in. I look like, I'm not, I don't want anyone to see me like this normally. But Didn't he get. brought the tradie in. was okay because the tradie had a puppy with him, oh. a puppy golden retriever. It was running around my garden. I think you posted about this puppy and I thought you had one. I thought this was your dog. Yeah. And oh, I was, was so that, excited. No, that was the guide dogs. Oh, well, the guide well, dogs. <laughs> we call them the guidos. So a friend of mine is now the CEO of Guide Dogs Victoria. Oh. I have a ticket in to the most magical place on earth yes they, it's so good the nursery where they and they show me where they take the mums in and they birth and then they take the little puppies see when you're a junior tv reporter you get to do those stories oh, and it's the best it was so good it was so good okay here's some banter with no no apparent no flow. Uh, number one kirsten yeah the curious case of natalia grace 
Oh, I haven't seen it. Haven't seen it, but I've seen the trailer and it looks phenomenal. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. We tasked. <laughs> no. We tasked with this. <laughs> I tried to find it. So it's supposed to be on Binge or Foxtel and I've only got Binge and it's not on there. Oh, it's on Foxtel, on normal Foxtel. Do you know the case? No. It's bizarre, but I'm not equipped to talk about it on my own. I've seen two episodes. Well, I've seen the movie The Orphan, and I feel like The Orphan is similar or might be based on it. So is am I thinking of the same one where she's a little person? Yes. And she gets adopted by a family who thinks she's about eight or six. Six. Wait, she's like not. A, like a yep. short-statured person. Yes. Yep. Okay. She's, she's supposedly six. And she has not only she does she have dwarfism, but she has some physical disabilities, her legs. Okay. And, yeah, so she's. she's I need to and how old is she actually? She's. Well, they bring her home, and no one thinks anything's odd. It's a little bit odd. The adoption process is a little bit odd. But when they get her home and they pop her in the bath, and she's got a full set of hair down yeah, there. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's There's the, it is the 1970s <laughs> down there. Just, it is. Yep. Uh, and so the dad apparently was barfing the kid and God. he's called out to the wife, um, darling. You might want to get in here. <laughs> yes. What? Yes, what's going on out there? And um, yeah, so then they start to believe and the other things lead them to believe that she's not a child, that it's an adult and that they've well, been Well, is she not just saying, hello, I'm 32? No, she's, she's pretending to be a child. Oh, but okay. it's You've very, really left that detail out. I think there's four episodes. <laughs> Uh, and I think she's not even – she's claiming to be um, Ukrainian. Yeah. But I think they oh. don't even believe that. I'm writing it in my notes. And, yeah, the curious case of Natalia Grace. Um, but – so the f- first one you're going, you rotten little scamming whatever you are. Uh, but then you watch the second episode and you start to go, oh, yeah. is it the people who adopted her who are a bit wrong? So uh, to me that's the sign of a really good – documentary yeah. shows that it's very balanced that they've given mm. both sides so looking forward to episode three oh. which we'd know more about Kirsten, sorry you have you gotten to the bit that really drew me to it so it's in the trailer so hopefully it's not a spoiler but um they mic up i think her like stepbrother or whatever like in the adoptive family she has a brother and they mic him up and he does like a piece to camera and yeah. then he forgets his mics on and he takes a call from the mum oh. and they have this chat up the stairs and they're still rolling oh. and he's like, yeah, don't worry, I didn't say that. I didn't tell him about that part. Oh. And he's like, no, I thought we agreed we weren't going to say that. Does and someone die in this? Uh, no. Oh, good. Sorry, it's on the pod. <laughs> Well, not yet. Anyway, was we were just doing TV reviews, <laughs> or what? How, how is this podcast starting I right now? Know. I don't know. It was on my list. Okay. okay. All right. Oh, we forgot something. Oh, the oh, bell. The bell's back. Terry, there it is. Yes. All right. Okay. okay. Wait, go. should we start should we with? Has oh, anyone yes. seen a dead body since we last? Uh, yes. No. <gasps> Sorry. We should have started there. Sorry. What? Yeah, does it count if it's from an aerial view? Yeah. Oh, yes. You yes. always go for that. I would like to see that. You'd be like a meerkat when yes. your screen's in the newsroom. I know, yes, because I think I've explained this before. So whenever the chopper goes up over any kind of accident, it triggers a this one specific television in the newsroom and you can see everything the chopper sees. And there was a, it was a car crash couple of weeks ago and for some reason the tv screen is quite small and so you have to stand really close to it and it's mounted on a wall so you're like looking up at it and I was looking at it and they were trying to rush pictures to the four o'clock news and we were looking and I was like oh no that's a body 
100%, that's a body. And then, like, other journos come over, they're like, is it? And we're all trying – it sounds really grim, right? But then we're all trying to, like, yelp. And then the camera kind of – Where was it in panned. relation to the car? It was squashed between two vehicles. Oh, dear. And then – I'm like, yeah, that's a leg, that's a leg. And then so, like, you know, people are like, oh, we got to blur that, you got to blur it. Like, just, and then, you know, yeah. bosses are like, just blur the whole thing because you get worried. But yeah, we, it's, it's off, we, it's, you know, mm. it happens a bit in the Part newsroom. I wishes I was standing there with you, but they're not. I still haven't seen one. Or have I? Kieran saw one. What? Where? Yes. He was, uh, he pulled up to a job site. Oh. And, um, Oh, I'm going to tell the story wrong, but the guy was um, doing the the digger. Yeah. And they then realised that the digger had just been oh. and it hadn't wasn't moving around anymore. And Idling. So they, yeah. Mm. Thank you for that technical That's term. Such a mechanic, Darnell, yeah. Yes. Yes. Idling. Yeah. Yes. Apprentice. You're whatever. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and so they realised this guy, and apparently he was a big. So Kieran was at hands on. Wow. Not only saw but handled. Well, so they had to pull this poor guy out of the cabin of the thing because I think mm. they thought he'd had. A, well, he had had a heart attack, and um, apparently, you know, high and mighty, hefty guy. It was a big job, so all the tradies are lifting out, and by and the paramedics got there, and he died right there, and. Sheet and everything on top. So I had to go do what we call heat training. Heat training. I don't, it's, it's an acronym. I can't remember what it stands for, so I didn't really learn much. But um, you, it's where like a whole bunch of us get flown up to Sydney and they make us go through this course, which I really think just makes sure that the company is like, oh, well, Chanel died in a war zone, but we trained her how not to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those things are such bullshit. Oh, when they send out emails going, are you okay? Oh, here's the thing because we love all our employees. Well, let me tell you, it's bullshit. This was really They don't care and they don't love you. It was like (laughs) three ex, like, SAS commandos. Like, one of them had done 1,600 missions. Yeah, and then there's just like a couple of – schlepper journos that they've got to teach how to stay alive in conflicts and um obviously people that listen to this know that we do this in melbourne and there was people from other states and they were like anyone ever deal with protests and the melbourne people put up their hands and they're like anyone ever had a natural disaster and the melbourne people put up their hands like everything happens in melbourne um but basically they taught us how to fight people off if they come because they had an eminent MMA fighter come and teach us how to survive and then they taught us how to tourniquet Ooh, yeah like if you get shot I didn't think tourniquets still happened yeah it's a thing oh maybe that's just with snakes it used to be that you would like cut off the whole circulation to it but now you compress so they taught us how to do that and then they told us they're like you know you've got to remain calm and these guys were just telling the most absurd stories that would just never if that if if I get shot, I'm dead. Yeah, I'll accept my done. fate. Yeah, yeah it's right. Over. Like I'm not going tourniquet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just not. <laughs> that's, that's not for me. And then he says to me that two of his mates were sitting in you know like a four wheel drive in some conflict zone, and a missile went through <gasps> where like where their legs were no. straight through. <gasps> took both their legs. Both of them had both their legs Whoa. basically singed off from the knees down. Oh, my God. They both tourniqueted their legs. Their own legs? Yes. Above oh. the knee, tourniqueted them and then called for help. Oh. And then I, there was me going, I'm not going to be able to tourniquet if I get no. hit by a branch. <laughs> How does that – like? I don't know. The mind control. 
Right? No. Yes. Like you always hear that when someone gets stuck in rocks and they eat their own arm. Or yeah, things. no. There are wow. people out there doing wild things. And then they also taught us, what did they teach us? How to, where to hide behind a vehicle if we're getting shot at. Where do you hide? You have to hide behind the tyre, but if it's a high vehicle and they can see underneath when you're running out that you could get your ankle shot off. So where do you hide then? Well, you just got to run, basically. They <laughs> you said just you just got to keep just moving <laughs> or you're torn Can you run fast? No. Well, you're fucked then. Yeah, correct. Okay. They also taught us not to pick up strange objects in war zones. Because you'll be like... Because <laughs> no, I feel like that's the opposite of what you would actually do. Right? Oh, what's this? Yeah. So, so they're like, oh, there yeah. could be like a shiny thing or a toy and then you pick it up, bang, bang. dead. Mm. So I've learned a lot, but I could put you in the recovery position if you did die. Is that um, on my side in case I vomit? Yes. And I know what would to do. Would you give me mouth to mouth? No, you don't need to do mouth to mouth anymore. What? Yeah, not necessary. Oh. But you have to tell people what to do in an emergency. So I would say, curse... Go and get the eye, the defibrillator. Defib, yep. Yep. And then you have to tell people this was the funniest thing. I couldn't get over it and come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, With urgency. Yeah, because apparently, <laughs> apparently in a chaos, people, <laughs> people forget what to do unless they give not a time. No, it's sad. It's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> they, they said, and, and like they were going to fail us in the exam if we didn't say, and come back. Like you have to really spell it out. Yeah, you have to really spell it out because people in that craziness would just go and get the defib and then forget what to do. Stand there. there. Go. <laughs> to the supermarket. <laughs> Why are you out on the <laughs> But, Kirst, go and get the defib Got and it. come back. Okay, come Don't on. do anything. <laughs> but do you, a friend this of mine's husband was going through chemo and yeah. – did he he had <laughs> he had this awful well, he apparently had diarrhea from the treatment, but it was like a electromagnetic. It's whatever yeah. they put in you. That the, the obviously the poo that comes yes. out is full of it, and his wife panicked. And yes. but she called nine one one because there's so many TV shows that have oh. got nine one one on it. And oh. for the record, if you are listening from overseas in Australia, it's triple zero. Yeah, so that's why like I'm always yes. was really careful. Back in the old days when I was on air, um, of only saying triple O or yeah. emergency services, but never try and avoid 911. Even if see? we're doing an American story, don't say 911. I, I see all these things I've learned. Problems. There will be first responders. I think nurses and things listen to us and they will think that we're making fun of them. We're not. I just mm-hmm. didn't know that you had to be so explicit, come back. But then you also... <laughs> because of panic. panic. For the record too, by the way, I think if you call 911 here, it goes through to triple zero. Oh, I if think not, you're right. they should do that. And also, if someone's choking on something, you have to use their hands to get it out. Ooh. Oh, not stick your own fingers no. in? No. Because they can None chomp down on them. Oh. And then tourniquet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How do you tourniquet your own finger? I don't want to do it with. But you have to use their hands to get things out of their mouth. Tell me a story. No, you tell a story. Oh. Because mine's really grim. Oh, and I feel like so you, is mine. Okay, you do yours. Shorter, longer. What do you think? We've done a lot of banter, haven't we? A shorter one? Yeah. yeah. But we uh, are back, so people should write to us again because we really went missing. Okay, well, I'll save that one because I think there'll be a bit of banter associated with that. But, well, this is my favourite story. Well, okay. It's long, but I'll do it anyway. Do your favourite one. We're back yes. and we're going big. We're All back. Right. July 21st, 2018, if you'd like to ask questions or interrupt, there's Bell. the Terry Bell. Uh, we're in South Carolina in, a, in the US and a woman by the name of Lana Clayton 
How, why are you taking notes, Kirsten? I'm just writing that you've started. That's all. I just wanted to see how long this goes for. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that just obvious? Well, no, She's not really. Just one note. Just, just, start, just and one. start. All right. Lana, I thought you were trying to try L-A-S. No, don't try to read this writing. It looks like no, chicken scratches. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Lana Clayton, she'd been doing a bit of gardening and uh, when she went back inside the house, she found her husband, Steve Clayton, 64 years old, at the bottom of the stairs, dead. So Lana, this ties in with what you just said, panics. Yes. Runs out of the house. There was no one to tell her to come back. (laughs) You're running away from, I wouldn't, I'd be over if it was Kieran, I'd be crying and trying to do stuff. Uh, She ran out, she stopped this random guy who was going past on a motorbike. And she asked him to call their emergency number. Yes. Which he did. And he told the operator, we're in South Carolina, so I can do an accent if you don't mind. I was just riding by and a woman came running out. And that's terrible. She a woman? said, She said, see, she said her husband fell downstairs. And she thinks he's dead. I feel like because you're potentially unemployed right now, yes. you're so unaccountable. And unemployable so probably now. After so that. The, like yes. the accents are just wild. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. Worse. So he stayed on the phone with the dispatcher. Lana ran away from the house across the street to the home of a neighbour. His name was Terry Floyd. Um, I won't – well – uh, look, that name stands out to me, but it won't to you guys. But okay. it's another case I'm working on, which I'll tell you about another time. Not the Terry Floyd that a lot of people in Australia have heard about, a young boy who went missing back in the 1970s. Anyway, back to the story. Uh, Terry, the neighbour, Terry said, All of a sudden, I heard a loud knock on the screen. It almost sounded like somebody, you know, was going to bust the glass out. Uh, but it was Lana who was at his door and she was saying, it's Steve, it's Steve. Can I, wait, is this your favourite story because of the Carolina accent? Bit of that. There was lots of moments in it that I can see you, the Terry Bill will get a workout. Okay, so the two of them, here's one of my favourite bits in this. The two of them then, so Lana and Terry, jumped into Terry's golf cart what? and zoomed back over the road to the Clayton's house. What? Zoomed is the wrong word because golf carts yes. go very low energy. <laughs> Max speed, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you run? Why are they in a golf cart? Why? And I would like to see it. I would also like to see it. Yeah. Same. Lana told Terry where to find Steve. He said, he's at the bottom of the stairs. Go on in, Terry. Uh, yes. When you read books... Yes. At home, quietly. Yes. Do you do accents in your head? Yes, I do. Okay. Also, you have to stop making eye contact with me when you spell <laughs> out the accent. Okay. Uh, the motorbike guy's still on the phone to that uh, number, which we won't say. And he says, he's thinking, I'm thinking, it's strange. He's thinking it's in his head, but he's thinking it in an accent. He thinks my strange that Lana sat on the front steps while the neighbour went inside the house. Oh. So, uh, Terry, the neighbour, he said Steve had no pulse and he just knew that he was dead. Now, before we find out more about what happened with Steve and what's going on there, just a little bit back further. Lana and Steve had met online in 2010. So, this is all happening in 2018. 2010, uh, they married three years later. Everyone got the sense that they loved each other very much. It was Lana's second marriage. Steve had been married six or seven times. Nobody could remember exactly. He was an accountant, but in the 80s, he started up a physical therapy business and uh, they specialised in treating sports injuries. He made millions and he retired fully at the age of 40. So, he's pretty rich. 
Now, according to Lana, Steve had come down with a bout of vertigo three days before this incident. He was nauseous, he was dizzy, he couldn't get out of bed, and their bedroom was up on the second floor of the house. She said she checked on him at around 11 o'clock that morning. He was asleep, so she went outside to mow the lawn, which is exactly what you want your partner to do if you're having a nap during the day. <laughs> yeah, How right. do we feel about this? Right. <laughs> she's outside things. she's yeah. up to something yeah yep uh it's so annoying if you're trying to sleep there's a bird in my garden mm. that almost every morning yep it doesn't just sing like nope. every bird has the right to sing but this bird has this is its song <laughs> yeah it's pleasant and, enough and, and they don't die quickly birds they live for years <laughs> And do you know what else it is? It's a dick-swinging bird. Because do you remember, Kirsten, we, we ran it past that bird. Who's that bird guy we always used to ring on Sean Dooley. Yes. We ran it past him. Shout out to you, Sean. Yep. I recorded yes. the bird and played it to him. He said that is a bird marking its territory. It's saying, this is my area and I am ruling it like a king. It's worse. And for people not in Australia, the, it's worse here. Yeah. The birds are a fucking big deal. Yeah, and then other birds are angry about it and it's chaos out there and I'm trying to sleep. Anyway, she's mowing the lawn, he's trying to sleep, or she said he was asleep. Uh, she said she che- – yeah, she checked on him. Now, before she went outside, she said she made sure that he had water and medication by his bed. Lana, by the way, was a nurse. Mm. So she did a couple of hours in the garden. When she came in, there's Steve at the bottom of the stairs. Right, so we're back at the scene of the incident. Police turned up. Lana's, ooh, oh, I'm so sad. And Terry, the neighbour, he's captured on the police body cam video saying she's kind of on a guilt trip about not checking on him and the police officer is sympathetic and I'm it's tiring getting doing the accent so they're all Australian now. <laughs> uh, the officer says, oh, no. And Terry says to the cop, just take a look and see if you can see any signs of him falling or anything. And the, the officer says, okay, okay. And Terry says, everything look okay? And the cop says, pretty much, pretty much. So a friend of Lana's is also captured on the body cam telling Lana not to blame herself. And the police officer says, oh, no, not at all. And another police officer now arrives. His name is Nick French. Now, he is actually Steve's nephew, so the nephew of the dead guy. Uh, Lana hugged him and she's still crying. Now, I'll call him Officer Nick because there's a few people in this, just so it's clear. Officer Nick, nephew of the dead guy, mm-hmm. and he's, he's I think he was a police officer in the next county, but he heard what had happened, so he's come racing over because he loved his Uncle Steve. The deputy coroner turns up and says that it appears to be a natural death. It's most likely a heart attack, but Officer Nick thought that a few things were a little bit off. So Officer Nick is basically Chanel Bella in a different body. Yes. With a bit of cursing inside. always. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he knows that there were at least two phones in the house. So he wonders why Lana didn't call an ambulance herself from one of those phones. Why did she have to go racing out? Um, and Steve, he said, always had his phone on him. He was It was his lifeline like any of us, I suppose. But the, his Steve's phone was missing completely. Lana was a nurse. Why wasn't she doing uh, CPR when they arrived? When the deputy coroner asked Lana about the funeral arrangements, she put her head in her hands and she said, oh, it's just too much right now. I have no idea. <laughs> like, didn't know what to do. Right. So the deputy coroner offered to take Steve's body to the morgue and run a few tests. And Officer Nick says, yes, I think I would do that, uh, Aunt Lana. 
And Aunt Lana doesn't like that. She says, uh, she looks up from her hands and she says, there's a funeral home right down the street. Let's take him there and have him cremated. What the hell? Yeah. This exactly. is the weirdest conversation. Mm, is it because of the accent or because no, of the way they're talking? I, both. Don't they just? What were they going to do if they weren't going to take him to a funeral home? Just leave him there. Well, t- just take him to the morgue. Oh. I guess it was either morgue or funeral home. Right. But she's like straight away gone. No, no, she doesn't want him. She just straight away, and he thought that. Gee, that went from zero to ten very quickly. Right. It was. Don't take him to the. No, don't take don't, him. Don't take him to. But actually, yeah, let's take him down there and burn yeah. him into tiny pieces. Yeah. So. Officer Nick's very sus at this point. Another nephew turns up. This one's called Chris. And this nephew calls Steve, the dead guy's sister, who lives in Florida. And she says that she'd been worrying about Steve. She'd been calling him for three days and he hadn't answered. Um, She said it wasn't like him to completely cut off communication. So Officer Nick goes upstairs to the bedroom. And he says it was obvious that Steve had been in the bed for multiple days. It was soaked with urine. The bedroom was a mess. Yeah. So he asked Lana about that and she said, oh, Steve does that when he has vertigo. Like, I don't know about you, but if my partner was, you know, laying in a bed soaked with urine, I wouldn't just go, oh, that's Steve. Oh, you know Steve. Oh, oh, come on. (laughs) Oh, piss it (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Chris, the nephew, confronted Lana and she told him... Uh, sorry, comforted, and I haven't got my glasses on. I should have printed that a bit bigger. She, uh, so Chris, this other nephew, uh, he was comforting her. She told him that she needed a bit of help in organising Steve's affairs. So Chris, this other nephew, says, well, the first... Do, do you reckon he has an... Probably does. Uh, the first thing we need to do is find the will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, I'm giving up. And uh, he said that the will will tell us what Steve's wishes were in terms of whether he should be buried or cremated. Mm. And Lana says, well, there is no will. And Chris says, no, there is a will. I know there is. I've seen it. And he knew that because Steve had asked him to be his executor. So Lana then stood up and cracked it and she said, I said, there is no will. And she went back into the house. So she's completely cracked it. And then they heard her in the kitchen saying that Steve was a hardcore drug abuser. And she didn't want an autopsy done because she was worried about what the toxicology would show. But no one in the family had ever seen him do drugs. So, oh, shit. Mm. Uh, Lana demanded that everyone get out of the house. And so then they're on their way home in their respective cars, which is where all the good stuff happens, doesn't it? Yes. You do that when you're driving home from something. Yes, absolutely. You just completely, you know, de- debrief on where you've been and what's gone. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so they're on the way home. Chris, the nephew, and his wife both said something was wrong. Uh, he thought it was obvious that Steve had been suffering in the bed and, and hadn't been able to call anyone for help. And Officer Nick was having a similar conversation with his wife. They both thought that Lana had something to do with this, but yep. they didn't know how or what had happened. So Steve's sister, Rose, who was in Florida, she was trying to work out how Steve's vertigo had led to him having this apparent heart attack because his symptoms with the vertigo were usually quite mild. So the next day, the nephew, Chris and his wife offered to come back and help Lana find the missing will. And she said, do not come here. This is my house. It was my husband. I will handle everything. And then she hung up on them. So Nick and Chris knew they had to do something quickly because uh, Lana was having Steve cremated pretty much as quickly as she could do it. 
and his body was already at the funeral home. So they got in touch with the coroner. They demanded an autopsy and a toxicology test and the coroner agreed. Lana didn't know that this was happening. Now, the autopsy confirmed that Steve had not died of a heart attack. Mm. The toxicology results didn't show any evidence of hardcore drug abuse, Mm. but they did show the presence of, any guesses? Rat poison. It's very specific. I know, but me and Simon just just had a look. We knew it was rat poison. Simon can see over my shoulder. I don't know. (laughs) Poison, just poison. Oh, just poison. Specific. Now I know how your brain's working, Gerson. Rat poison. There was poison in his system. So then a bit more started to come out about Lana and Steve's relationship. A vet who had taken care of their dogs at home said they didn't appear to be a loving couple. Lana didn't speak to Steve when the vet was in the room, so they weren't the happy couple everyone thought. And there had been a bizarre incident in the bedroom a couple of years earlier. Lana had accidentally shot Steve in the head with a crossbow while he was sleeping. What? I don't know. Did didn't mean what it. Are you doing? Just practicing archery. <laughs> Stuck in, in the bedroom. bedroom. <laughs> Do you have a crossbow in your bedroom? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <coughs> Sorry. But in the head. Yes. How do you survive that? Well, it's a rude awakening. He did. Yeah. And they didn't file any charges about it. He wasn't too badly injured, so she was shit at doing it. Um, but anyway, a couple of months before Steve had been telling everyone his marriage was in trouble. The forensic you toxicology. Don't say. Oh, <laughs> am I going to get in? I think your marriage is in trouble. What yes. makes you think that? Well, it was when she heard she shot you in the head with the crossbow. Point blank range. I started to feel like something in your marriage was off at that point. It's such a dramatic move, isn't it, too? Like a crossbow. Where did we even get a crossbow when from? did she bring it home? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I hide books in the back of my car because people just get mad that I buy too many. She's hiding a crossbow. Yeah. And then, like, even this morning I was just cleaning up dishes in the kitchen thinking, shit, this could wake Nicholas up. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> She's stretching out the crossbow. <laughs> and then firing up the lawnmower early. Right. Yeah. What is she doing? She doesn't want him to have a good night. No, seriously. And, and he should know better than to sleep. <laughs> Okay, so we now know, according to the toxicology, poisoning is the cause of death. Uh, But they didn't know whether it was an accidental overdose, could have been, or a a, um, murder. Thank you. You're welcome. I've missed that. (laughs) The coroner said that in the toxicology report, there was a large amount of a chemical in Steve's blood that she had never heard of. It was called tetrahydrozoline. It is the common ingredient in eye drops, like just normal visine. It's apparently a really – and please don't do this at home. And the moral of the story is you'll end up in jail, as you'll find out shortly. Okay. So don't do it. It's it's a very powerful drug. It can incapacitate someone. In the movie The Wedding Crashes, and I remember this, Owen Wilson's character put some eye drops into Bradley Cooper's character's drink to give him diarrhea because that's what it does in tiny doses, but then any more than a tiny dose and you can die. Um, It's pretty serious stuff. And there was an episode of CSI where they did it as well. So I'll call it THC so that I don't have to keep pronouncing that long word. THC can cause nausea, vomiting. It can cause reduced heart rate, dizziness and confusion. If an entire bottle was squirted into your drink, it would attack the respiratory system. In other words, you can't breathe, you Mm. die. Wow. Yeah. It's colourless, odourless and tasteless, although I was sort of Googling a bit about it and apparently it does taste awful, so 
again, don't try it because someone will know that you've put something in their drink. So armed with these results, the coroner called the sheriff's office. The question was, how did the Visine get into Steve's system? Did he take it intentionally? In other words, was he suicidal? So the coroner calls Lana in for an interview. She knew by now that the autopsy had been done. So she knows they're watching her. What she didn't know was that they have put microphones in the coroner's office and in the next room were all oh. the FBI guys with glasses up against the door <laughs> yes. and little peepholes looking in at her and listening in. So the coroner asked Lana how often Steve used eye drops. And she said he liked to put two drops in his coffee every morning so that he would have a bowel movement. And with that comment, they, they straight away knew that she was she going to know. as well. Exactly. Yeah, she yep. knew that what they knew. Uh, the coroner says, let's go over the texico- uh, toxicology. There's a drug called tetrahydrazoline. And Lana says, oh, yeah, that's his vasine. So she immediately knew she knows, yeah, right. that that drug was, yeah. And remember, she's a nurse. Um, so the investigators then all come crashing into the room. And they tell Lana, you're not in trouble, darling. It's okay. We're just here, you know, to say hi. Uh, they do tell her, though, that she's a witness in the case. Never fall for that if you're ever arrested. Mm. You know that. You're just a witness. But they, you're yes. not. No, no, no. I wasn't going to say I feel anything. like you're on the verge of No, terrible. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, but they do say to her, they're just going to read her her Miranda rights just in case. You've got the right to remain silent, etc., etc. And Lana says, I'm wondering if he tried to commit suicide. He had a mood disorder. I always walked on eggshells. I didn't know what Stephen was, or which Stephen I was going to come home to. If he was angry, you know, he could be really nasty, you know. Uh, she said he was verbally abusive. He would call her names like stupid and bitch, which he may have actually been. So he probably was in this room. That's just me editorialising. Uh, there was no record of any behaviour at all like mm. that of Steve. Are you guys getting bored? No, no I'm getting okay. worried. <laughs> they they tell her that the death is suspicious and they ask Lana did you did you make his coffee for him well she's not going to say yes and she says no. Correct. He made his coffee I don't know how he did that from this bed that he couldn't get out of uh, the cop then says there was only two people in the house, Miss Clayton. And she says, I know, I know. And she adds, he always had his vaseline on him. She's, uh, so um, she says she doesn't know when he, whether he had any actual, that actual taste. Then she gets very defensive. Uh, she says, oh, look, I'm so tired of doing the accent. She <laughs> says, I'm giving up. I just don't have the strength. I'm out of shape for this podcast. She says, I feel like you guys are doing your job. Uh, you're wondering if I killed my husband. I did not kill my husband. I did not have sexual, sexual relations. Yeah, with that I knew man. it was going to go there yeah. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'm doing the right accent. Because uh, that's Arkansas, isn't it? Isn't Bill Clinton from, oh, American listeners will be hating me now. They will. Is he Arkansas? I don't know. But they think we all sound the same. Carolina. Carol- oh, getting, people from getting, Adelaide sound oh, different. No. Carolina is is like the the clutching the pearls girls on the you know oh my dear where shall I go what shall I do oh. it should be that maybe I'm doing the wrong accent the whole time well, we're not no, redoing it doing that oh I'm gonna make Lana like this oh um so they she stopped the interview they took her home but she kept talking when she was at home and she pretty much confessed to the whole thing she said she had this little table set up next to the bed with his tissues his urinal urinal which one is it urinal or urinal 
urinal. I need to choose yeah, myself. Let's He's not forget where we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know where we are right now? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Uh, she said that um, she saw his little table. I don't know why. She said, I was just, uh, I was just so angry. I took it and I squirted it. Oh. I just squeezed the whole thing in. She oh. squeezed the whole bottle of Visine into his drink. So Steve was asleep at the time and that amount of THC would have caused him to stop breathing. So she then switches from being a grieving widow into an embittered wife. And she said, I just wanted him to just, I just wanted him to suffer. I was angry. He was constantly, Lana, come here. Lana, come here. Help me to the bathroom. Do this, do that, everything. Which in his defense, he needed help. He needed help, but it would be annoying. Oh, don't. Sorry. Imagine someone like... What are you going to yeah, do if Nico kills me sometimes. He, like, I'll be doing something and he'll yell out, come look at this. No, I don't want to come there and look at it. Just fuck. You've yelled my name out. Tell me what it is. Does Tell me your full say, name? No, nah, sometimes he says, Shan. <laughs> which is even more annoying. But tell me, Shan, the fucking thing is broken. Don't right. say come here. I just want, I sometimes like kick the air. Just tell me what is happening immediately. And how does he time it? Have you just sort of started reading a meaty story or something and that's when he does it? The other day, I think I literally sent him a text the other day saying, I really love you, but I need you to stop talking to me when I'm reading. Because he'll just, I'll be reading. Why can't they tell when you're concentrating? Oh, it just, so I kind of, I understand why she, if he was, Lana, if he was constantly, Lana, it would, I would fucking. Do you get that question? Oh, not, not yet. I would be nagged with the yeah. crossbow. <laughs> like, it would, dry, it drives me mental. <laughs> Sorry. Kieran, no, Kieran says, I don't want to victim blame. Yeah, like he waits till I'm. Yeah. Literally engrossed in something. Yes. And I try and be obvious about it. Yeah. Like I try and stare at what I'm my yeah. laptop. Han, you got a second? And yeah. he knows I right. haven't got a second. But that's the I thing. Haven't. He's not telling you what it, the second is for. Yep. And I always make a real thing of taking my glasses off. I'm because yeah. I only need them to read. It's like, all right, I will take my glasses off. I will yeah. turn my right head away. towards you. Yes. And I will give you my undivided <laughs> yes. attention. Correct. But with quite a look on my face. All right, so he's sick of uh, she's, she's sick of sick. him going. Help me out! He's doing that. Uh, she claims she never wanted to kill Steve. She said, "I." She said, "I just wanted him to have diarrhea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to be miserable." Okay, fucking hell! It's another thing for you to clean up, Lana. Like, that is also true. <laughs> We're getting near the end, so please have patience with me. She then started alleging. I'll try. I'll whiz through it. She then started alleging physical abuse. Said he'd hit her several times. There was no evidence of that. No reports. A former girlfriend came forward and she'd been out with him for three years. And she said he was just loving. And that was nothing like the Steve that she knew. Other former partners, by the sounds of it, there's quite a few of them. They all called BS on the abuse claims. Lana then admitted the truth about the crossbow shooting. Yes. Uh, she, she, <laughs> thought. She, she definitely shot him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was me. Yep. She did. She said she had been trying to protect herself again. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> They said uh, – no, they left her at the mansion. Bad move because she then tried to kill herself. She, I won't say how because people might try and do it. And she left a few notes. She said that she felt bad about poisoning him, mm. uh, but she couldn't live with herself. She was taken into custody. They reckon that she incapacitated him with a small amount and then gradually ramped it up until the fatal dose, which mm. would explain those three missing days when his family couldn't get hold of him. 
Um, it was possible that Steve had tried to escape, but couldn't call because she'd taken his phone. On August the 31st, 2018, about a month after Steve's death, Lana was officially charged with murder. Um, and the family think that she started planning this uh, two years before because she had convinced Steve to move from North Carolina to South Carolina in that part of the country. If a person dies without a will, they oh. die interstate, and so their partner gets the mm. entire estate. Uh, remember, Lana kept saying, there, there is no will. Uh, and she became all agitated about it. The morning after Steve's death, the neighbours had seen Lana burning something oh, no. in it's the, the backyard. Yeah, it's all the will. <laughs> Probably the will. So she pleaded guilty to tampering with food and drugs and voluntary manslaughter. She got 25 years in jail. She got no money from his estate. And Johnson & Johnson, who make Visine, and it's not just Visine, I think it's any eye drops, they say they are devastated that anyone would use their product for such an abhorrent act. It is for external use only and should never be swallowed. And there's another story related, but I'm, I've been yapping on for so long. That's it. I'm really glad you went first because we needed the accents back in the first ep. ASAP, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've enjoyed I don't know what countries I'm in in the other one. Is that a wrap for our first episode back, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. Do you want to tell the people to email us? Oh, or Tony will. You do it, Kirsten. Oh, do something. Actually, do you know, this happened a while ago. You guys were like, you don't talk enough on the podcast. You're going to sign off on every single episode. Yeah. And then I freaked out that day and I started writing out <laughs> our, <laughs> yes. outros to the episodes. Yes. And I don't know where I put them. Um, but See what's the out? email? Deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. That's all we need. You forgot it, didn't you? No. Oh, I, felt I like did. You, yeah, I almost did. I actually, I hope that's the right one. I, I can't remember the um, the outros I had written, but I will dig them up and in future I will wheel them out. Okay, good. I think one was, if you can hear my voice, then the episode is over. Your contribution on this episode, Chris, <laughs> has been, I'm going to say, of a very low standard. Look at these notes. You've <laughs> taken two notes. 8.30, edit, and 21, DD start. <laughs> and what time's the end time? End time? Uh, about 40, what? What's that, Simon? My eyes oh, are very... Jesus, I cracked on a bit, didn't I? Well, in fairness, I actually started rolling before they restarted. Oh. So I think we got about four minutes of audio to trim off the front. Okay. So I think it's about 45 or like. Okay. okay, good. <laughs> That'll do That's us. it. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.